0: Hi, you're listening to Nothing Delivered. I'm your host, Adam Sandlin. Thank you for joining me. I guess before I get into anything, I should probably attempt to explain why I haven't made an episode since March. There are a few reasons, and then I feel like none of them are good enough. (laughs) But basically what happened in March was when I was doing all the episodes, school really started to come down hard, and I didn't feel like I had enough time to devote to the podcast not as much time as I wanted to so I had to stop doing it for a while with the intention that I would start doing again start doing it again in the summer and then the summer came and I got sick and I moved into a new house and all these other things happened and I never got back around to doing the podcast so now it's November and I'm finally <laughs> doing the podcast again I'm really excited about it In the meantime, what I've been trying to do is think about how I can revamp the podcast and get it to include uh, more pop culture because in a lot of my spare time, I obsess over pop culture and I think that a lot of other people do too. Maybe they don't want to admit it, but they do it. So I think that would be a fun thing to do and maybe get more people listening to the podcast. It will still primarily be a music podcast, but every week I'm going to talk for a bit about Things that I find amusing, things that others might find amusing, things that are floating around on the internet, I'm going to talk about all that and I hope you enjoy it. If not, let me know. If you have any comment at all, talk to me. Leave me a comment on the blog. The blog is nothingdelivered.wordpress.com. I have some great music to play for you here today. Obviously, I've been preparing it for months and months painstakingly, so it's going to be the greatest episode of any podcast uh, ever. So there's that. I'm also going to talk about the Charlie Chaplin Time Traveler debunkers and how they're just annoying people. And I'm going to discuss this magazine, the issue of this magazine, apparently just straight up stealing uh, this girl's writing on the internet and publishing it. That's coming up soon. Before we get into that, I've got a song for you by a Welsh band called The School. Uh, The School is headed by Liz Smith, who is formerly of The Love's. Um, What the school does is they embrace the old school of pop music, a lot of strings, a lot of horns. Think Burt Bacharach, uh, think the girl groups like the Ronettes. I would say they're of a similar mold as Camera Obscura, who also has a female vocalist and writes really good pop music. The school's debut album is called Loveless Unbeliever. It was produced by Ian Catt, who has also produced albums by The Field Mice and... Saint-Etienne, or Saint-Etienne, however you say it. Uh, I'll have to get Yael Osowski on here to tell me how to pronounce French words. Anyway, AllMusic.com gave Loveless Unbeliever a 4.5 out of 5 star rating. At the end of their review, they say, There are a fair amount of bands mining the same girl group Influenced Gold in 2010. Loveless Unbeliever shows that the school are truly the best. Why don't you see for yourself, the song is called Let It Slip. Again, the band is the school, and you're listening to Nothing Delivered. You're listening to Nothing Delivered, that was the band P.S. I Love You doing a track off their debut album Meet Me at the Muster Station. The song is called 2012 and again the band is called P.S. I Love You. Okay, so for those of you who haven't heard, and if you haven't heard about this then that probably means you lead a much more fulfilling social life than I do. Uh, but an Irish filmmaker named George Clark noticed in the DVD extras of Charlie Chaplin's film The Circus, there's a woman walking down the street holding to her ear and talking into what looks to be a cell phone, uh, which naturally prompted everyone on the World Wide Web to go nuts talking about this thing. And I'll tell you, I'm a time travel junkie. I eat up any time travel story, I purposefully seek them out, I argue with people about paradoxes, I'm a geek. I drive my loved ones crazy sometimes, talking about time travel. They don't quite share my passion, that's fine, I still love them all the same. But I know this, I know that there are tons of people like me who also love time travel. That's why the Back to the Future movies remain so popular to this day. So, when something happens like this, people are going to geek out about it. They're going to sit around, tossing ideas back and forth about, who is this woman Uh, how is the cell phone working when there are no cell towers? Uh, maybe there are two of them. Maybe it's a futuristic walkie-talkie. It's fun. That's all it is. I think most of us are well aware that there probably exists a very logical, very boring explanation about what this woman is holding. But who wants to talk about that? Where's the fun? Where's the intrigue? There is a time and place for debunkers. Snopes.com is a favorite website of mine. It's fun to hear the myths and then see some well-done research into what's really going on. No, a munchkin didn't kill himself during The Wizard of Oz, but that's okay because it's still fun to marvel about how that legend has persisted throughout the years. These Charlie Chaplin time travelers, debunkers, are different. Simply put, they're D-bags. Right after the video had been making its rounds on the internet, I asked my good friend Yael if he had seen it, And his disappointing reaction was, Oh, that's been debunked. And then he sent me a link to the blog of a guy who seemed infuriated that people were talking about this so casually. It went went something like, Can't believe that people are discussing that there would be no cell phone towers. How about, she's not holding a cell phone in the first place. It's this hearing aid device that was developed in 1924, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so it's probably a hearing device. Of course, the next logical question is, why is she talking into it? But I digress. Look, buddy, no one cares that it's a hearing device. I'm sorry. You're like the guy who says he knew all along that Bruce Willis was dead in the sixth sense. Maybe you did, but we don't think you're smarter for it. You've effectively ruined the internet Charlie Chaplin time traveler party. Just go away. Damon Lindelof, co-creator of Lost, a great show that featured time travel prominently, said it best on his Twitter page, Dear Charlie Chaplin Time Traveler Debunker, There's a kid over there who believes in Santa Claus. Maybe you should ruin his weekend, too. Uh, Coming up, I'm going to talk about the CookSource magazine, Stealing from a Girl on the Internet. But for now, I'm going to play you some more music. Here's a song by the band The Walkmen, who've just released their sixth album, Lisbon, which is awesome, one of the best of the year, I would say. And the song is called Woe Is Me, which I think is uh, one of the best tracks. The Walkman have been around for a while, uh, just consistently, I think, putting out good albums for the most part. And uh, the new album just has kind of blown me away. I love it. And this is my favorite track off of it. It's called Woe Is Me. I hope you enjoy it. Again, The Walkman on Nothing Delivered. (laughs) E That was Last to Swim by Strand of Oaks, the recording moniker of a man named Timothy Showalter. Uh, The track is from his new album, Pope Kill Dragon, which is another one of my recent favorites. It's part of eMusic's select series or whatever, so you'll have to sign up for an eMusic account to hear it. Uh, But it's well worth it. Um, Plus, Timothy Showalter is actually a really nice guy. I emailed him yesterday asking if I could have a gander at the lyrics, and he emailed me right back saying that if he could locate them, he'd get them back to me. How cool is that? So please, if you get a chance, uh, listen to the album. It's amazing. Just plenty of great songs. Uh, moving on. Yesterday, the internet went a bit crazy over this piece of news. I saw it on NPR's Monkey Sea Twitter page. A woman named Monica Gaudio discovered that a piece of writing that she had written about pie had been published in a magazine called Cook Source. But they never contacted her for her consent. They they found the article on the internet, they they published, in their, published it in their magazine, which has advertisements and therefore makes a profit, unlike this podcast. So Gaudio emailed Cook's source requesting both an apology and for them to donate some money to Columbia School of Journalism. The editor of the magazine ultimately emailed her back saying, and I quote, Yes, Monica, I have been doing this for three decades, having been an editor at The Voice, uh, who's a tonic home in Connecticut Woman magazine, I do know about copyright laws. It was my bad indeed, and as the magazine is put together in long sessions, tired eyes and minds sometimes forget to do these things. But honestly, Monica, the web is considered public domain, and you should be happy we just didn't lift your whole article and put someone else's name on it. It happens a lot, clearly more than you are aware of, especially on college campuses and the workplace. If you took offense and are unhappy, I am sorry, but you as a professional should know that the article we used written by you was in very bad need of editing and is much better now than was originally. Now it will work well for your portfolio. For that reason, I have a bit of a difficult time with your request for monetary gain, albeit for such a fine and very wealthy institution. We put some time into rewrites. You should compensate me. I never charge young writers for advice or rewriting poorly rewritten pieces and have many who write for me, always for free. So not only did this editor, Judith Griggs, say that the internet was public domain, but she told Gaudio that she should have been paid for editing the article. So Gaudio was angry. She wrote about it on her blog. And now it's a sensation. People started looking through the magazine's other articles and found that they had published numerous articles originally printed with other sources. Then apparently people were impersonating Judith Griggs on Facebook and all this nutty stuff. Amidst all the craziness, Linda Holmes of Monkey Sea made a blog about it that brings up a good point. It's worth noting that Cooksource Source did always name the correct author, so Griggs truly seemed to believe that she wasn't breaking the law. But this is still just so strange. It'll be interesting to see how it develops, so uh, keep on the lookout for it. I'm going to end the podcast tonight with a song by The Slits, which is a great classic punk band whose singer Ari Up died of cancer a couple weeks ago, only 48 years old. Only recently introduced to The Slits by one of my English professors, I was shocked to hear it. Uh, sad news for all, but I give you the first song after their 1979 debut album, Cut, The first song I ever heard from them. The song is instant hit. Enjoy and have an awesome weekend. You've been listening to Nothing Delivered.